can't get over this excitement of being in this new building. And I know it's, I know it's going to continue because it, it's not just a feeling, it's a family. And you guys make the church what the church is. Again, I keep saying over and over again, this is just a building, but the church is, are the people sitting in the building. But let me also remind us of a couple of things. First of all, I'm asking you guys, please, to be patient. We're still growing. We're still trying to figure things out in the building with the worship, with the music, with just the lighting. Be patient in the parking lot. We'll all get out of here. We'll all have a seat for every single one of you. And, and lastly, but most importantly, we're asking you to serve. In every family, everybody has something to do. And we are a church family. Just serve. We're not going to burden you. We're going to not ask you to overcommit. Just come alongside and serve. Love one another. And last but not least, keep inviting people to come and hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Remember, all you need to say is come and see. We have a seat for you available, ready to go. Deal? One of the things I noticed three weeks ago as you guys were walking in and looking at the building for the first time, you walked into the sanctuary, probably think, wow, we have seats, it's big, it's nice, it's all these things. But what I did notice was this. You stopped for a minute and you went, uh-oh, where am I going to sit? See, you've been so used to sitting in your seat in the old sanctuary in the Hillside Campus for so, so long, right? I, I was guilty of it. My family and I, when we walked into the Hillside Campus 15 years ago, sat in certain seats. And till this day, this last time we met there, we sat in that same seat. And that is what's going on with you, right? And some of you aren't sure whether this is going to be the seat. You need to make sure it's comfortable. You're like Goldilocks jumping around from seat to seat. Some of you are freaking out because you walked in and you said, uh-oh, all different colors. What are they doing? What if they move the seats around? Where am I going to sit next week? Some of you really love your seats. I saw some of you licking the seat. Come on. Remember, we're saying we have a seat for you. It's not we're saying we have a seat for you as long as it's not my seat. That's one of the things that I notice about Grace Bible Church. It always has been. It probably always will be. The other thing that I notice is the fact that many, many of us walk into this building pretending everything is okay. Many of us walk into this building smiling on the outside but hurting, hurting deeply on the inside. Many of you this morning walked in with anxiety, with depression, not knowing where a relationship is going to go. Maybe your marriage is hurting. You don't know maybe where you are with your finances. You don't know if you're going to be able to pay the light bill. Some of you this morning have walked in hearing news from a doctor you don't want to hear. Some of you, again, are just anxious and stressed. So, again, you walk in to the sanctuary Sunday after Sunday, smiling on the outside, but yet hurting, hurting deeply on the inside. You know, there are 430 seats here in the sanctuary. There are 39 rows here in this campus. And every Sunday, most of us walk in here, sit in our seats, hoping for a change. Asking God to change our situation, change our lives, change our depression, change our anxiety, change our 
finances. But church, real life doesn't happen on Sunday mornings. Real life doesn't happen one hour that we're here gathering together. Real life occurs Sunday through Sunday. Real life occurs as soon as you walk out of this building. So you come in. You may feel excited for a little while. You may feel the love for a little while. But as soon as you hit the real life, it all comes back. Real life occurs between Sundays. The third thing I want to share with you, what I've realized at Grace Bible Church for the 15 years that my family and I have attended here, is this. Lives are changed here at Grace Bible Church. Thousands of lives have been changed and will continue to be changed here at Grace Bible Church. Why? Because it is our mission. And I'll remind you of what that is. Our mission is to lead our city into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ and his church. To lead our city to a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. He is the only one that changes lives. Jesus is in the business of changing lives. But he uses his church to accomplish that. As a church family, we are his vessels to be able to change the lives of so many lives that need to be changed. Relationships change lives. Jesus Christ changes hearts. Today, we do conclude our series that we've called Renew. And let me just remind you all of the verse that we're using for this series. And it's found in Romans 12, 2. And this is what Paul says. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Jesus, Jesus Christ transforms us. But it's a transformation not from the outside in. It's a transformation that can only occur from the inside out. We need to renew our mind in the way we do life. And today what we're going to see is how we're called to live life in between Sundays. How we're called to live life in community. So here are Bibles with you. Again, I encourage you to always bring your Bible so you can read for yourself God's Word. If you have your Bibles with you, open them up to Acts chapter 2. We're going to begin in verse 42. Before we get into God's Word, I'm going to give you a little bit of context. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And here's the context before we dig into the verses of today. What a beautiful book Acts is. And chapter 1, this is the way it kind of begins. It begins this way. Jesus is with his apostles. And he's saying, before you go out and baptize every single people that I've told you to go baptize and teach them everything that I've taught you, before you go, chill. I want you not go yet until you receive the Holy Spirit. Scripture says until you receive the power, the dunamis of the Holy Spirit. And then, and then you can go out. And then Peter looks around and says, one, two, three, four, five. Ooh, ooh, there's only 11 of us. We need one more. What do we do? Let's cast, cast Lots and see who wins and Matthias, winner, winner, chicken dinner, gets to be the 12th apostle. Chapter 2 begins and the church is 
born, just like Jesus says to wait and the Holy Spirit will come upon them, Pentecost happens and the Holy Spirit comes upon 120 people. Now, they all spoke different languages because they were from different nations, but yet they all understood each other. So some of the people that were witnessing this were freaking out. As a matter of fact, read this for yourself. Acts chapter 2. One guy says, wait a second, they're drunk. And then Peter says, no, we're not. It's not even, not even 6 a.m. yet. And then the same guy goes, yeah, but it's 5 o'clock somewhere. I'm just kidding. It doesn't say that. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But it does say that they thought they were drunk. And then, and then Peter stands up and says this incredible sermon. And I love the way he concludes it. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. He said to them, repent. Turn from your evil ways. Go the opposite direction. Repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then watch what happens next. Verse 41. So those who received his word were baptized and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. Wow. And the church began to grow and to grow. And here's where we're going to pick up the verses for today. Verse 42, Acts 2. And they, now there's about 3,120 people, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe, a profound respect came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Verse 44, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling, it says, they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. And then it says, verse 47, praising God and having favor with all people. But it doesn't stop there. Look at what happens when the church lived in community. Verse 47. And the Lord added to their number day by day by day by day those who were being saved. What an awesome couple. Here's my sermon point and we're going to flesh out for the remaining of our time together. Lives are changed in circles, not in rows. Lives are changed in circles, not in rows. Lives, real life between Sundays means coming alongside each other, eye to eye, shoulder to shoulder, coming along inside, uh, aside each other and just saying, hey, I'm here for you, just like you're there for me, life. Lives are changed in circles, not in rows. We're going to flesh that out, like I mentioned. So what I want us to do is go back and look at six characteristics we just read on how lives are being changed in community. Life in circles means, number one, first of all, life in circles means communing with one another. It means we need to come together. Life in circles is communing one with the other. Coming together in fellowship to learn, to pray for one another. 
Again, verse 42 of Acts 2. And they devoted, they committed, they made it a priority is what it's saying. They committed themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. You know this, church. Coming to church is important. You know it. But yet we don't make it a priority. We find other things that are more important to do Sunday mornings than come to church. And that's the first thing that we read. They devoted. They committed. They said, no matter what, I am going to church to come in fellowship, to come and pray for one another. Let me remind us of what the author of Hebrews says in Hebrews 10.25. Do not neglect to meet do not neglect to meet together as a habit of son, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. We need to make church a priority. It says that they were fellowshipping together. They were coming together. That word fellowship in Greek is pronounced kononia. Can you guys say that with me? Kononia. Four people. What about the rest of you? Kononia. And, and this term, kononia, it means authentic, real relationship. It's getting together, not just talking about the weather and how nice. No, no, it's saying, hey, I'm going through this struggle. I'm not okay. But I know you're not okay, and it's okay. Doing real life together, that's what fellowshipping should be. That's what kononia means. Being able to come face to face. Being there for one another in the highs and in the lows, no matter that, no matter what, shoulder to shoulder, eye to eye. That's what we're called to do. I love this church. I don't know of any other church. I was brought to life from being dead in this church. And I love the kononia that we share with one another. I know I can go to my closest friends from church and say, I'm hurting here, man. Will you help me? I know we can be held accountable one to another. I love to hear stories of the fellowship that is going on here at Grace Bible Church. Real, authentic lives. Fellowships that are made in community groups. We are starting community groups next month. Sign up, sign up, sign up. You won't regret it. We have a men's ministry here, men, called the Fight Club. Every last Thursday of the month, we'll be meeting next Thursday when we come together and say, man, I'm hurting. Every morning, i got to fight temptation. i got to struggle at work. All those things are real relationships. We have a women's ministry called The Well. meets every first Friday of the month. Come and share each other's burdens. The women's ministry is about seven hours because ladies love to talk. But you're being real. You're being authentic. And that's what fellowship is all about. True kononia. Verse 42 again. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Now this breaking of bread that we read, it means two things. They were gathering and having food together. But it also means that they were having communing together. They were celebrating the Last Supper together. We do that here as a church family. Every first Sunday of the month, we come together and celebrate the Lord's Supper. And let's not forget prayer. So important. We pray a lot here at Grace, as it should be. We get texts, will you pray for me? Will you pray for this situation? And we pray. 
We have a prayer morning every Monday where we pray for our church family as a staff. We have deacons here after every service where they're more than willing to pray for you. In our community groups, again, we stop and just pray for each other. You can text GBC Connect to 94000, and there you get an option to pray, and we will pray. We have our prayer teams who are called to come together and pray for one another. If we're alone, we can't do one another. That's what we see. Life in circle also means to heed God's truth with one another. Heeds God truth with one another. Verse 43, and awe came upon every soul, it says, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Lives are changed through God's word, period. And as long as you come to grace, you will always hear these words, open up your Bibles. We will only preach God's truth and that's it. But listen, the power of God's word doesn't occur just by coming and listening one hour or 30 minutes on the Bible. It's calling for you to read your Bible daily in community groups, having a devotion. That's how God's word changes you. It doesn't mean that you come on Sunday and just listen to the word. We are called to be doers of the word. James chapter 1 verse 22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. There is no, listen church, there is no transformation without application. You need to apply what you hear. A lot of Sundays in between service I hear this, man, pastor, you were speaking right to me. And I said, it's the Holy Spirit. And I hear this, me estabas echando piedradas, gacho. And I'm thinking, good, do something with those stones. Pick them up, smack yourself and do something. Don't just come and listen. You got to be doers. I have to be doer. We have to hold each other accountable and do what God's word tells us to do. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. God's word has a power to change lives. Life, lives are changed in circles. They're not changed in rows. What I mean, number three, we're called to be united with one another. United with one another. Verse 44, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. Unity. The enemy will try anything he can to cause division. And I know this to be true. The enemy primarily wants to divide two places in our lives. Number one, our marriage. Number two, the church. Jesus in this high priestly prayer prays for unity, prays for love to become one. And the enemy says, no, I want to divide. I want there to be disunity. Church, let's stay united. I get it. We might disagree on a lot of things, but let's not forget what the enemy's trying to do with gossip, with anything that causes divisions. This is going to come to a shock to a lot of you, but listen. 
You are all sinners. Yeah. I'm a huge sinner myself. There is no perfect church. If you're looking for a perfect church, you will never find one. And I know there's a lot of you that are, that are coming from a church that's hurt you. I know. I've had conversations with you. Please remember, the pastor's not perfect. The church is not perfect. But the head, Jesus Christ, of the church is. I'm going to let you down. I don't want to. But he, Jesus Christ, will never, ever let you down. I love what Moses writes in Deuteronomy 31, verse 8. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you ever, ever, ever. Do not fear or be dismayed. Life in circles means being responsible for one another and having compassion for one another. Life in circles means being responsible for one another and having compassion for one another. Verse 45, and they were selling, it says, their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all. Anybody who had the need was given something. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. I can spend hours upon hours upon hours telling you the stories of Grace Bible Church family and their compassion for one another. I hear about meals trains that are being made when someone has a child or someone passes away. Meals after meals after meals to the point where the family is saying, stop, no more. It's beautiful. Because of your generosity, lives are being changed here at Grace Bible Church. Because of your compassion, we have what's called a benevolence fund. Where your generosity, your giving holds money for those families that are in need here at Grace Bible Church. And because of your compassion, we pay for electric bills, medical bills, mortgages. And the list goes on and on and on. Again, talk about prayer. Wow. Pray for me, Pastor. We have a deep compassion, just like a family should have compassion. It's not to say the compassion we have for ministries all over Laredo in the United States and internationally. Because, again, of your compassion, your generosity, we're giving to those to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Lives are being changed here at Grace Bible Church through ministries like Reengage, where Marriages were on the brink of divorce. Through ministries like regeneration where lives are being changed, we realize where our sin is coming from and what those symptoms are, and we can attack that. Community groups, community groups, community groups. It's all about compassion and caring for one another. We are here to share each other's burdens. And Paul clearly tells that in Galatians 6.2. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. You know what the law of Christ is? Love one another. Here's what I don't want you to ever think or to ever say. And I'm hearing it more often. I don't want you to ever say, I don't want to be a burden. You're not. You're not a burden. Don't let the enemy fool you with those lies. You are not 
a burden to me or to anyone here in this church. And I don't want you to say or ever think this. My problems are my problems. Again, we just read, we are called to share each other's burdens. That's what a true family does. 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Jesus loves you. Your church loves you. And I say it every Sunday after I speak because I mean it. I love you. Lives are changed in circles, not in rows. We must do life together. Lastly, life in circles means honoring one another. Honoring one another. Verse 47, praising God and having favor with all people. All people. As I mentioned, we're all sinners. As a matter of fact, right now, turn to the person to your left, to your right, behind you, and say, hey, I'm a sinner. Go ahead. Turn to the person to the left, to the right, behind you, say, I'm a sinner. Yeah. I'm a sinner, church. I am. We're all sinners. But grace is a place where you can come as you are but not stay as you are. The Holy Spirit starts changing your life. It's called a sanctification. All are honored and welcome to come and hear the good news, the gospel, because it has the power to save no matter where you're at. I love what we read in the gospel of Luke. Jesus calls Matthew to come and follow him, a tax collector. Tax collectors back then were the worst of the worst of the worst. So Matthew's all excited. And then Jesus tells him, you know what, we're going to go have dinner at your house tonight. So he gets super excited. And they go have dinner. And the Pharisees hear about this. So they start mumbling and grumbling, puro chisme here and then. And then they go to Matthew's house. And here's what we read in Luke chapter 5, verse 30. And the Pharisees and the scribes, all these holy rollies, grumbled at his disciples saying, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Wakala, gross. And I love what Jesus says. Those who are well have no need for a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call righteous, but sinners to repentance. Turn to the person to the left. Turn to the person to the right. Turn to the person behind you and say, I am a sinner in need of a savior. We all, we all are sick. Sin makes us sick. But all of us at Grace Bible Church, me first, need a Savior in pursuit of the one who can save us, the only one. Life is done in circles, church. It's not done in rows. And how is life done in circles? Let me recap for you. It's by communing with one another, to heed God's truth with one another, being united with one another, being responsible for one another, having compassion for one another, and honoring one another. When we do these things, we are the church. That's the church. That's who I believe Grace Bible Church is. Doing these things not perfect never, but trying to do them, being led by the Holy Spirit, 
pursuing the Savior that we all need. Life in Circles Church is being the church. Our mission again at Grace Bible Church is to lead our city into life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ and his church. Fifteen years ago, as I walked into the Hillside campus, my family and I never been churched. Being so far away from God, unbelievable. Walked in, heard God's truth, saw God's family, and it changed my life. And it changed my family's life. Thank you for being that kind of church. Let's continue to be that kind of church. I'm going to ask you to stand up. Stand up if you were invited. There's conditions. If you were invited, you might want to stay standing up. <laughs> I hope you do. Stand up if you were invited and you walked in and God started to change your heart. If that's you, stand up. Stand up if through Grace Bible Church you understood what a true relationship with Jesus Christ means. If that's you, stand up. Stand up if marriages through small groups, if your life has been changed through Grace Bible Church, please stand up. If any ministry here at Grace Bible Church, the children's ministry, the worship, maybe even the preaching has started to change your life, will you please stand up? If you've built friendships like no other here at Grace Bible Church that you know you can call and say, hey, I need you. If this is you, please stand up. around church and say good morning and welcome to grace grace is a gift from God life is not just about coming to church it's being the church when we walk out these doors if we continue to be the church we have been are going to see the Lord add numbers to those who are being saved. Thank you. You may be seated. I hope you, those of you that didn't stand up, this is your first time here, so I get it. Hopefully your life change will come next Sunday. Will you pray with me? Father God, we love you. We praise you. Thank you for sending your son Jesus Christ to die upon the cross for us. Thank you that your son took our sin debt, the punishment that we all deserve. Father, we were all destined to hell. We were all dead in our trespasses. But your son Jesus Christ, through his sacrifice and his resurrection, has changed us. We're no longer walking to destruction but we're walking to your glory in eternity, Father. Let's continue to be the church that shares that with everyone in our community. Father, I thank you for my grace family. Keep working in me. Keep working in us. It's not about us. Keep us humble. Keep us following your son, Jesus Christ. Because we're all in desperate need of him. He is and will always be the head of this church. And we are all servants to come together, love one another, and do life in circles. We love you, Father. We praise you. And we say all these things in your son's name.
I do love you, church. God bless you. Have a great week.